Well, hey there. Welcome to the Coffee and Keto Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm your keto and brain health expert. In this podcast, I give you tips, tools, and data on protecting the brain and saving your overall health through ketogenic living. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you find some good value in this message. Good day. Don't know what day you're going to listen to this or watch it, so good day. I hope you're having a good day. Welcome back to the Coffee and Keto podcast. We're going to make fun of my attempt at making a really pretty sign back here. And I'm going to tell you that my husband, who is a very good drawer, is going to make me a beautiful sign that you'll get to see next week. So enjoy my horrible lettering because next week will be way better. Um, This week on the podcast, we are going to talk about leptin and ghrelin. So Leptin is the hormone that your body produces to tell you that you're full and ghrelin is the hormone that your body produces to tell you that you're hungry. Why you might ask, are we going to talk about this? Well, because we're talking about hormones, we're talking about menopause and we're talking about keto and they all go with the, with these hormones. So let's dive in because, you know, I don't like to make long podcasts and I have English black tea in my cup from Harrods today because we kind of quit drinking coffee. So it's still going to be coffee and keto because I still love coffee, but we're kind of on a tea kick right now. All right, let's talk about ghrelin. So ghrelin is the hunger hormone. I want you to think about intermittent fasting. Have you ever intermittent fasted? We intermittent fast about 95% of the time. Basically what that means is that you eat all of your food in a six to eight hour window, and then you don't eat for the balance of the next 16 to 18 hours. By doing that, your hunger hormone goes up, but it also makes your insulin production go way down. It makes your human growth hormone go way up. It helps you build and maintain muscle. It helps you, um, oh, it helps your brain keep from atrophying. So you get all that cleanup and that work going on in your brain. And every time that, oh, and, and you go into ketosis. <laughs> so if you're looking to be in ketosis, this will put you into a deeper state. Be, going into and staying into ketosis is easy as long as you don't throw a bunch of sugary insulin producing foods back into your body. You can pretty much live on ketones. That, that's pretty easy. Um, but getting into ketosis can be hard, especially if you're not willing to intermittent fast because your body is constantly working to process food through it. So you want that hunger hormone to be the more dominant hormone instead of the full hormone, because when leptin kicks in, that's telling your body, okay, I've had enough to eat. So you want ghrelin to be your primary hormone. So we eat dinner between three and four in the afternoon every day. Uh, And, you know, we have movie night on the weekends. So we'll eat past our normal eating time because we'll have a snack. I usually have pork rinds and my husband usually has whatever snack he's having pretzels or whatever. Um, But so that kind of changes things. However, on Saturdays, we don't eat breakfast as early. So we finish eating on, we finish eating on, on the weekends, usually around six, between six and seven. And then we eat breakfast around 9.30 on Saturday mornings. So we don't fast for as long. During the week, however, we eat dinner at three or four 
and then we don't eat again until eight o'clock the next morning. So we get a good 16 hours, sometimes 17 hours of fasting in. Now you don't want to fast more than 24 hours. It actually doesn't do your body any good. It, and, and there's really no such thing as starvation mode. I used to believe in that too, but nobody, I just listened to a podcast the other day. Nobody dies of starvation today unless it's done politically. So even in Africa, they're eating really well compared to what they ate like years ago. So you can't put yourself into starvation mode and start holding on to stored fat by intermittent fasting. And I think that that's a big misconception about going 16 hours without food. So I encourage you to give it a try. I have seen and testified from my own personal experience that intermittent fasting helps lose weight, but it also produces a lot less brain fog. Um, you know, even if you don't want to be keto, even if you want to eat all the sugar and carbs, try it with that window and see how you feel. And it, you know, people will think it's hard, but I find that by eating an earlier breakfast and an earlier dinner, I usually go to bed almost hungry, but I wake up in the morning satiated. I'm not starving when I wake up in the morning. <clears throat> so I think it's a really good practice and I encourage it. You don't have to fast every single day, but if you can do it most of the time, that's great. If you know someone suffering from cognitive decline, I recommend it. So that's the ghrelin hormone. That's the hormone that your body produces to make you hungry. Some other things that that hormone can really work for is um, de it decreases thermogenesis, which is the energy that your body needs to digest your food because you don't have food in your stomach the longer that hunger hormone is being produced. So you don't have your body working so hard to process food, which is a good thing. Um, it will decrease lipo, lipolysis, which is the story, storing of fat, which is also what you want. So you can see here that the more that hunger hormone is being stimulated in your body, the healthier your body actually is. Um, it helps with cancer. It helps promote um, muscle differentiation and fusion. Like I said in the beginning of it, you, you don't, um, you, you get that muscle build by giving yourself time for your body to do the healing it needs to do. And it can't do the healing it needs to do if you're shoving food in your mouth all the time, because then it's working on other things like digesting your food. When you don't have food going through your system, your body can work on other parts of, of other systems that need to be worked on. So it protects you from muscle atrophy. It builds your muscles up and, and you know, repairs them if you're working out. Um, it protects your bones. So think about that. The next time you go to put food in your mouth, but you're not really that hungry or you're outside of your window of eating, think about that. And like I said, it doesn't have to be every day, but it should be a good practice. So leptin is the hormone that tells you that you're full. When that hormone is stimulated, you should stop eating. The tie between menopause and leptin and estrogen is this. So leptin actually will go up when you're lower on estrogen, but your body, um, or leptin will go down when you are low on estrogen because your body automatically feels like it needs to feed. That's one of the reasons that we have that excess weight gain, but it's also considered, um, leptin resistance. 
And so if you look at, at a lot of the studies that are coming out today, people who are obese have leptin resistance. So I, I often talk about insulin resistance, but there's leptin resistance too, which means, and it's basically from the same, the same things. If you're eating so much, your, your body can't tell you that it's full. Some of the foods that you can eat that will not trigger leptin, which or, or actually one particular thing that you can eat that will not trigger leptin and is in a ton of our food is fructose. So if you're eating fruit, like the whole fruit, you get um, the fiber in the fruit. And I'm not a fan of fiber. I don't, I know that our digestive system doesn't actually need it, but what the fiber in fruit will do is it will slow down the release of fructose out of the fruit. And, and when that happens, it's, it's a little easier on the body, but when you eat leptin, oh my goodness, but when you eat foods that have added fructose or fruit juices, though those foods distribute the fructose directly into your bloodstream and it goes straight to your liver. And so you immediately start producing a ton of insulin to process this fructose, but it won't stimulate leptin. So you never feel full. And so you keep eating. And whether you're eating more foods that have fructose that keep your, your leptin levels low, or whether you're, you're eating a bunch of that food and then you eat the, the foods that will stimulate leptin, you're still overeating. So as someone who practices keto every day, all day, the only fruit that I eat is berries. And I really only eat blueberries um, and raspberries primarily, they're a little, a little less sweet. We'll do strawberries for a special occasion like Valentine's day. But as a general rule, we don't keep sweet foods in our house. And you also have to look at added fructose. So think, you know, uh, any, anything with a fruit juice is something that's got added fructose in it, but they also have, they, they manufacture fructose, high fructose corn syrup. And then this one's gonna really suck for a lot of you because if you pay attention to what I say, honey, honey is really, that's, that's, that's what makes honey sweet is fructose. So it will not process through your body like sugar will. And of course I don't want you to eat sugar either, but you've gotta pay attention because fructose is very sweet, but it's also potentially damaging to your, your weight, your insulin, distribution, uh, and your kid and your liver. So there is an epidemic right now of people who are obese, having fatty liver disease, which was something 30 years ago, 20 years ago, only alcoholics had because they were drinking so much booze that they were destroying their liver. Now it's rampant and obese people and it will kill you. So this is something that I really want to make sure that we know about. And so where that ties into menopause is, of course, we stop producing estrogen at the levels that we would produce during our reproductive years. And by doing that, our leptin decreases too. So we don't feel full like we need to because estrogen, estrogen plays such a huge part. But I want to tell you something, and I told you this in last week's podcast. If you didn't listen, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's podcast. But a high fat high protein diet. And I'm not talking about you going out there and eating five avocados a day. I'm talking about you eating good quality protein and then incorporating some fat into it and leaving the carbs alone. 
If you can do that, you will keep your estrogen levels boosted even in your hormone, even in your menopause years, you will keep your estrogen levels boosted and don't get on statin drugs. No matter what your doctor says, you can say no. You don't have to be on lowing cholesterol, cholesterol lowing drugs. I'm struggling with words today, but that's okay. You get the real me every week. I don't edit my videos. <laughs> um, but anyway, that is my, my message to you today. I really want you to think about what you're putting in your body, when you're putting it in your body and how much of it you're putting it in, putting into your body. Um, and if you're struggling with weight gain, this might be a big part of it. And if you're in leptin resistance, that means that you're just not getting full. That means you're probably insulin resistant too, which means that you are creating a lot of havoc in your body for diabetes and brain health cognitive decline later in life that you could start to change today. Can you? Will you? That's entirely up to you. But if you'd like some help with it, I'm here for you. All right. So I have a membership group. I thank you so much for listening to this. If this is a part of your life that you would like to change, I have a membership group that is open right now. And I would love to have you join us. It's $37 a month. And in that group, I provide you with daily workouts five days a week. And I also supply you with a five-day meal plan and some recipes. There's also some cooking videos in there. And I try to add two new recipes every week with a video if I can. And then there's a lot of just nutritional videos and they're all really short. Nothing is too long except for there's one keto myth busting video in there that I think is about 20 minutes long, but I do try and keep everything really short because I know how our attention span is today. I encourage you to get in there, try it out, see how you like it. I also have a coupon for 30% off of my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages if you enter that so that we can jumpstart you even faster. And in those, in, in my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages, I actually write your menus specifically for you and what your goals are. That's not the case in the membership group. You just follow a menu that I throw in there. But if, if I'm working with you specifically, and I also coach you into a supplement plan that might be able to help you reverse any of this, um, this hunger and growth hormone, or my goodness, hunger and full hormone problems that you might have, menopause problems that you might have. That's, that's what we do with the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Apart from that, I really thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this podcast today. If you found value in it, I ask that you please share this with those that you love on your social media or just give me a shout out somewhere, some way. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave a review, subscribe, and come back every week for the next episode. Have a wonderfully blessed day and I'll see you next week.